Welcome back to the Happy Positive Energy Game podcast with me, your host, Luke Anning. And I've brought another amazing guest for you guys today. Jessica Shelton is a patient advocate at Chipsfer Hospital. Chipsfer Hospital is a hospital located in Mexico that offers stem cells and alternative holistic immunotherapies for cancer. Jessica is also an entrepreneur. She's been in the health and wellness industry for over 10 years now and she has six plus certifications she's been obsessed in her own words in powerlifting and golf and competed in both and now she's here to bring some amazing amazing advice and guidance for you guys and to teach you something today Jess is an honor to have you thank you Luke for having me it's an honor being here how is everything going how's your day been beautiful it's starting out early this morning which i'm which i'm grateful for and uh it's been uh, a beautiful day i feel blessed to be alive Mm -hmm. on here today it is uh it is my privilege to voice myself and be with you so thank you Uh yes so one thing I wanted to say, I, again, thank you so much for the introduction. Uh-huh. I really want to honor you, Luke, for taking the time to be with me and to inspire me and to really give permission. I feel like that's something that you actually really do is give permission to others to express themselves. So thank you for, for that permission slip. Yeah, you're welcome. Uh, And one thing I'll really lean into with expression is that that is something that I would say over my life that I have felt limitations with being able to fully embody and express uh, my feeling and my sense of self and coming to this place now where I have more awareness into who I am and, um, you know, even the words that we're using here, how that's impacting and um, making others feel like maybe that they can express and use their voice. So I'm, I'm honored to, to speak into that and to be here. And yes, thank you for the introduction. I fell in love with fitness and I've been obsessed with wellness and coaching and helping others in my life. And I think that as a coach and training and working with people for as long as I have, there's something that I've noticed and it's really the ability and the dedication to advocate for oneself as much as I want to be for and, you know, cheer on and cheerlead, or I want to be, that for that person to inspire like you have for me my friend I can only do that so much for someone else until they advocate for themselves mm-hmm. you know and having a parent I think struggle with mental disease you know dis-ease of the mind has really impacted me in a way that I really seeing someone not advocate for themselves. And, and by the way, this, this person is one of the strongest, most powerful, amazing, beautiful humans I know. And, and witnessing a parent going through 
pain like this when um you know limiting beliefs limiting thoughts have ruled in their mind was something that inspired me to want to help others uh one of my first jobs i ever had was i was a a caregiver at a senior home and i i remember just like wanting to help people and i know deeply it goes into that need to want to help someone who i love deeply which was my parent and you know being able to advocate for someone else my whole life and love on them and be there for them right and advocate for them i realized something is that deeply people when they don't advocate for themselves there's only so much you can do it's kind of like being a personal trainer and trying to get my sister to work out it doesn't always work out <laughs> mm. even though i love my family and my friends i um <clears throat> i've noticed that it's free will it's choice it's it's your decision and so anybody listening i highly encourage that uh you advocate for yourself and uh what that would look like would be maybe getting outside you know connecting with a friend feeling inspired right singing a song dancing like beauty is within us and it's around us and expressing yourself is one of the most creative beautiful things we can share with each other because when we do that we connect right like i see you luke I see you inspiring people. It's beautiful what you're doing. Mm-hmm. And I uh I'm honored to to be here. So thank you again. You're so welcome and thank you so much for expressing so much of what was on your heart um before you came onto this podcast. And I feel like we've briefed over a lot of your story and a lot of your journey very quickly, but I want to like fine pick some of it because I feel like it's important so that people can understand Jessica a little bit more and then actually maybe understand themselves a little bit better. And that's what I find, as you know, as well as being a coach, that when you give other people an opportunity to express themselves, it can actually awaken other things within other people and everybody can learn. So I know you touched on earlier, you haven't always been in a space of being able to express yourself. And then you touched on your mom with the mental health side of things and her going through a mental disease, is that the connection as to why you weren't able to express yourself or is there something else there? I would say that there is a connection there. However, it's not the source, right? right? There's so many other things, right? For instance, like we live in a world that doesn't exactly uh, allow us to feel our feelings. I can't just go to work and start crying. You know, it doesn't work because we live in a world that says I need to be happy all the time. Right. I got to put on that uh, face. Right. For instance. And what I will say is that experiencing a parent go through something you can't control, something you can't quite grasp you can't just change it or expressing myself in a way where can I be fully honest with this person without them shutting down Mm -hmm. right that's I think where the disconnect can happen and and for me it's it's been a 
it's been a, a line of events, I would say, that has led to relationships that have made me feel disempowered, um, uh, toxic friends, limiting beliefs. Mm-hmm. All of these things have <clears throat> have led into me not being able to really tap in and express what I'm actually feeling because in the past, I wasn't safe. I didn't feel safe in my body and I didn't feel safe to genuinely share and express what was happening. And I, you know, we can go back to uh, earlier time, but, you know, I think it's society, it's society, it's society that puts these restrictions over how we need to be. And I think that's where the disconnect really starts. And it's beautiful when we, you know, we do express because, you know, I think of like, like a little girl dancing or, um, a, a beautiful painting and how that can like move us and move through us and how that's like really who we are as human beings is creation. You know, we're life force. We are, um, electric. <laughs> uh-huh. And, and I, yeah, I really, I thank you for that. I, I really believe that as much as I love and deeply know how strong so strong my parent is i also know that this is something that was out of her hands that she couldn't control and i wanted to resent that and be angry at that and mad with that but i think the truth is that at the end of the day if you're not capable because of the disease you're going through of expressing yourself fully, there's a disconnection there. And, and that can cause you to not feel safe in your body, not feel safe to express yourself. And what are we doing, you know, with each other and with ourselves, if we can't do that, mm-hmm. you know? So um, it's, um, it's been a long process of accepting her. And by the way, the more that you accept and love the people in your life, the as as much expectation as I had you know like as I as I wanted to things to be you know different in a way per se or uh, to be able to to share something that was you know I was upset with and not feel like this person is gonna not talk to me again Mm -hmm. or they're gonna cut me out or they're gonna shut me out right um I would say that it's genuinely deeply goes into how we how we connect i think that that's that's been a really beautiful place for me to stay is how can I actually see where the disconnection is here and be more accepting and loving yeah I hear you so you've really come through this journey of finding your expression and and collecting things within your own area and it's less so there's like part to play with what happened at home but at the same time just I say this quite a lot now it's almost like that societal collective consciousness of hey like you're at work you can't 
you can't cry or like, hey, you're in this situation, you can't cry. And that's kind of what led you down this road of not being able to express yourself. But I'm curious from your side, like, why do you think that people struggle expressing themselves? Like, why do you think there is that barrier there? Yeah, I feel people have a hard time expressing themselves because there is a a lack of uh, availability to be able to express yourself. Meaning when my child screams or cries in the middle of Walmart, I'm running over there to stop them. I'm not letting them fully cry it out. I, uh, I think that the control is what stops us from being self-aware in that area. I think that when we feel our ego come up, that's a good one where it's like, I want to look good being control. Or I think that it's interesting to look at how if I share something with you, will that change how you feel about me? Mm-hmm. That element is very huge in relation and in connection. And I think we stop ourselves from expressing ourselves because we're afraid of fully being seen. Because when you're fully seen and witnessed and who you are, things change. I don't know if you've ever had that experience of being like fully seen per se. Yeah. Um, yeah. I can definitely speak to that. I remember when um, there was a while back and this really brings something up for me on the terms of like not being able to express yourself. And I think this is people's biggest fear is actually being open, being bare. And then it, it being like thrown back in your face type thing. So I remember the first time I, yeah. I came out as, was bisexual then I figured I'm pansexual now but bisexual to my close friends one of them was like yeah that's cool and the other one was like mate like I just don't get it like that's just not you like that doesn't make sense just this like Jack the lad type and then eventually like he was like the best guy for it like he's the coolest guy around it but that first expression was not accepted and then I remember dating a girl before and saying that I was bisexual and it triggering something within her where from what I learned and what I anticipated and I could be totally wrong here but where she'd had a previous partner um be disloyal to her she saw it as more competition so she saw I'm I'm not just competing with girls now I'm competing with guys and then that reflection was hey like I like I I can't be with you because you're bisexual type thing it wasn't that I was bisexual that that was the thing but from her past trauma past past experiences that then reflected out in her expression so her expression came from a painful place which then created more pain and I think that can be sometimes how things happen is that we don't heal these things and then it stays stuck within us so Jess, I know that with a lot of the work that you do at Chipsver, are you able to touch on that? Because I know it's something that you wouldn't have stepped into 
as an entrepreneur, if it didn't mean something to you. And I think a lot of people look at entrepreneurs and they're like, well, I'm doing this thing because I want to have my mission and I want to work for myself. But I know other entrepreneurs as well who step into other job positions where a mission is really valuable to them. So you're able to share a little bit of what you do and what the mission is um, with everything that you do over at the hospital. Yes, absolutely. And I just want to thank you for being vulnerable and sharing that with me. Oh, I appreciate it. Yeah. And I I actually wanted to share something into that. And then, yes, I will talk about Chipsa. Mm -hmm. But I wanted to tell you, because I don't think you actually know this, but I'm actually also bisexual and pansexual. So I love it. It's so wow. good. We're seeing pansexual over. Celebrating that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, it's just, I guess it's, that's probably why we like felt so interconnected. These are things that um, we didn't communicate, but uh, I see you, my friend. I see you. I uh, appreciate that. Yes. And Chipsa, yes. Hospital. I, oh my goodness. Wow. What a journey it has been to land at Chipsa. And, you know, what I will say is that working with people who are going through, I mean, there's a wide variety of patients that are coming to Chipsa, um, ex-MMA fighters, there's um, getting stem cells. There's a lot of wild, uh, fun, new treatments that they are integrating into this amazing facility. Now, the CEO or the owner of the uh, company is named Ed Clay, and he's a friend of mine. And we actually both went through a personal development program called Choice Center. And one of my best friends, Sarah Peterson, who just advocates for me in my life, and encourages me and is one of the many beautiful friends that I have who have really reflected back on me, what they see in me. And it has allowed me to see in myself the beauty that I'm capable of. And stepping into this position in this hospital has been an honor. It has been a pleasure and a joy. And this company is actually a startup company. And uh, it's the original Gerson Hospital. It was. It's been open for over forty-three years, and it's it's beautiful to see what nutrition, even nutrition, the Gerson method. If, if none of you have heard of this, um, I highly recommend you look it up. Um, it's yes, Gerson, uh, William Gerson, the Gerson theory was created for cancer patients to help cure their cancer through nutrition, through micronutrients. And this kind of theme that I've noticed in my life is that wellness um, starts from within. And being in a facility uh, that I get to work with four powerful women and wake up every morning and Zoom call as an entrepreneur when I felt very alone, doing it alone and working for this company has given me life in entrepreneurship. And I'm beyond honored, I'm beyond blessed to be a part of the team 
and I'm just one part of this beautiful working um, really um, movement that's happening for people for them to know that there are more options and the the amount of care that's given to these patients when I hear all the time the really horror stories of what happens in conventional western medication and medicine I I feel honored I feel genuinely honored to be able to fight for that and so I'm I'm fighting that fight and it has been my biggest pleasure and it has allotted me the opportunity to uh, live in this beautiful city that I live in in San Diego <laughs> And I, I would say that it's, um, it's wild what, when we break it down, how we put expectations over ourselves for what we think we need to be. But when we slow down and allow ourselves to be in flow, you know, when I really just allowed myself to really be open with friends and, and listen to them and, and, and feeling inspired by that and and open myself up to things I've never done I and mean, I'm learning stuff I have never done and I love that I love learning I love putting myself in a position where I'm growing and I'm multiplying in energy happy positive energy <laughs> and I I feel like it's um it's been my honor to be a part of something bigger than myself. Does that make sense? Yeah. Like something that's beyond me, right? These are families. These are, these are, these are moms. These are sisters. These are dads. These are brothers. These are husbands. These are people who I'm speaking with and connecting with about someone they love who's going through really, really death. And I know that what we're offering, even in the fact that we offer free doctor's consultation, when you can't even get a hold of a doctor in the U.S. I mean, have you ever been to a doctor in the U.S.? No, I haven't, I haven't had the experience as of yet. Oh, well, <laughs> and I'm not discrediting the, the, the efforts that have been made. I'm saying that it's, it's unruling when I hear at a mass level, uh, I've talked to enough people going through this with their families to know, to know better. So it's, um, it's opening up my eyes to what's happening in the world. And um, the people who are going through disability, the people who are, you know, working for foster care, and I get on the phone with, and they can't, they can't even get the care that they need in the U.S., and they can't come to us because they, um, they can't afford it, or they can't. It, it breaks my heart to see what people are going through in this. Um, and where the, where the focus is, it's not on the person. It's not on, let's create something for you. It's, um, it's deeply within the system 
and the system cares a lot about I think keeping people in this kind of loop of what we've been taught and and you know that's really led by pharmaceutical companies and um you know the power is in is in that you know is in that here's this pill take this pill right and that's not that's not how you create sustainable change that's how you numb off your symptoms and you stop expressing yourself and the disease starts to grow. Mm -hmm. So I'm curious with what you do, you probably have like hundreds, if not thousands of like stories where like somebody's tried conventional medicine and then they've walked down that route. And I don't want to step into like, patient confidentiality here but is there a, even like a story recently where like you know somebody's gone through this idea of like numbing themselves with pills and they've gone through the conventional medicine and you've probably heard it on mass where and then they've come through the process that you guys take people through and then their life has been completely different oh yeah we have a lot of success stories there was a year where they actually flew in all their long-term survivors. There's actually a video on YouTube if you want to go watch that. Mm-hmm. It's amazing. And um, yeah, they had a huge celebration of uh, these long-term cancer survivors. And it's wild. This hospital originally was only doing the Gerson method. Mm-hmm. So it was only based on nutrition at these long-term survivors. So yes, um, you know, I can't really speak into other patients, but um, what I will speak into is um, my parent that was on a lot of medications and she went through a knee surgery. And I think that post her surgery, she became very, very sick from the uh, narcotics she was taking. I think they were like um, hydrocodone and um, you know, those painkillers, right? Mm-hmm. Those numb yeah. suppressors, right? Mm-hmm. And I would say that she um, she got sick from the surgery from them and stopped taking them. And since then, it, it's funny that that happened for her, that her body naturally was like, I don't want this anymore, right? Mm-hmm. And But she'd been taking those for years. And in a way, I I would say that when you numb yourself, you're half of yourself, you know, you're not fully expressing all of you. Mm-hmm. And and so I would say I saw my the parent go like, like become alive after uh, not taking that kind of medications. Um, and one thing I will say is that um, I think it's federal. Uh, this is a this is a this is an issue in the world right now, I think, where the pain killers and the pain medications that we're prescribing to patients like morphine and oxy. And um, I think it's federal. I, I could be wrong, but there it's like a federmine or something, but it's, it's something that people are becoming addicted to. And I, it's, it's very scary to think that people aren't being put on a plan 
them to come off of these medications. Why isn't that happening? And I urge anyone listening to this, if you're taking medications or narcotics or pain pills or any kind of numbing, suppressing of your system, I really encourage you to ask your physician or your doctor or who you're working with. And obviously I'm not a doctor, so I can't prescribe or anything, but I would say, I would highly recommend asking, you know, when am I going to be off of these? When can I start to minimize these? How can I come, how, what's the plan, Mm -hmm. right? Where's the plan? And that's, that's what I would like to encourage more people to start asking because Mm -hmm. we're not asking that. Mm -hmm. And that's extremely important. Yeah. This reminds me a little bit of um, when I went through my ADHD diagnosis process and they were very quick I think it was within my second appointment they were like hey like so you're getting signs of depression we could put you on this if you want to go on it I think it was like cetraline or something like that um I can't remember off the top of my head but they were like hey you can go on this if you want and I'm very like I won't go to pills unless like I have to and I don't want to say that like people listening like, Hey, don't take something if you've been prescribed it, because you might've been prescribed it for the right purpose. And it might genuinely have been necessary and needed to change your life. But this is my experience. So like taking, like, it was like, Hey, you can take this pill if you want. And then when I looked it up, it was like, Oh yeah, the, it can work initially on a short term, but then you're going to need a higher and higher dosage. And I was like, well, why would I take it now? And then I remember listening to Andrew Huberman's podcast and him talking about ADHD things. And I was like, well, I could just try all these natural ways of doing it. Like I could just fix up my diet for a start and stop having so much sugar and we'll just see what happens. And then I started noticing like all the symptoms started fading away. So like, I don't get brain fog anymore. I don't get overwhelmed. I don't struggle with procrastination because I've just done the most natural way of dealing with it, which was just like fix my diet And then if there's more things on top of it, okay, I'll probably fix my sleep schedule as well. That's probably pretty important. And like these minor things that we're told to do that we ignore can have a huge impact on us, but we don't see that. We don't realize that. Absolutely. And the side effects from that are what our world is is sadly dealing with is the amount of lack of care mm-hmm. for a better term for a better term is that we can't rely on other people anymore to care for us mm-hmm. we have to advocate for ourselves and take that ownership and responsibility within ourselves to know that everything in our lives is happening and it's my choice and you know be that good or bad right and knowing that some of these side effects and symptoms exactly like you were experiencing could be probably causing the problem. And there, obviously we're not doctors, we're not prescribing anything, but there's so many things to be said about taking, like slowing down and taking a a mental scroll over your day, what your routine looks like. Are you waking up and just boom, right to your kids? Do you have time for yourself? Are you giving yourself space, space to breathe, space to consume consciously, right? I think about our cell phones and and how 
even just that access alone is something that is causing depression and anxiety and scrolling. And, mm-hmm. I mean, there's a correlation to scrolling and depression. There's an actual correlation. Mm-hmm. And I think that there's something to be said about habits, routine structure and amazing that you were able to do that with your ADHD. I mean, I have one of my best friends who struggles with that. And I know that the more, like the less pressure that's on her mm-hmm. around her mm-hmm. and the, the more that like at ease that things are. And also just, um, I think like the biggest part about that is that you knew that something wasn't right. Mm. Right. Mm -hmm. And it was like at a certain point, was it helping? Right. Mm. And then boom, made that decision Mm. to change, make a change. Right. It's that decision point that you have that you're capable of accessing. So it's amazing that you were able to do that. Mm. Not a lot of people can say that they they're doing that. And, and so, yeah, setting yourself up for success. Like what's your morning routine look like? What's your night routine look like? Are you doing any self-care? What does that even look like, right? And that self-care, like you just said, could be something as simple as, um, you know, maybe maybe looking at what you're doing and seeing if that's what you want to continue to keep doing. Is this working for me? Asking yourself these questions is one of the most empowering things that you can do for yourself is, can I get to the root? Can I actually, and, you know, we're not trying to, throw any claims out here saying you can figure it out like on your own talk to people uh, get involved in in your community and and maybe even like us sharing has been so powerful for me because i'm learning so much from you luke Mm -hmm. and i know that because of that it is making me even question where i'm at in my entrepreneurship you know obviously separate from what we're actually going through individually as human beings I, I know that seeing you and acknowledging yourself, even in the hard things has been the most empowering thing, because I now know that I'm not alone. Mm. Mm. Yeah, I appreciate that. And I think one of the things that I learned along this journey is within the journey of vulnerability is that is your biggest strength. And I think that collective consciousness points towards people sharing their story, being bad or being like not being the thing that's meant to be, but actually an expression of your true authentic self and expressing what you've been through and expressing your challenges is what helps other people go through theirs. It's their survival story. It's their way of saying like, Oh wow. Like you went through this, like, when I did that expression of my sexuality, I must have had six people reach out to me and say, like, thank you for sharing. Like, I've been through this. or I've been I've done this and I'm like scared to say this or only my family knows. And that's hard, like hot, holding on to that shame of like what other people will say is is really challenging. So, Jess, I know you're big on advocating for others, but also on advocating for yourself. I think this could be like a really good step from here where we're at within this journey of the podcast. And I know you've touched on morning routines and I know you've touched on evening routines, but you're also 
when we first connected an amazing self-love coach as well. So how might someone step forward in their advocation of their own self within that self-love journey? Are you able to touch on that? Absolutely. Yeah. And thank you for, for speaking into that. Yes. I actually, with one of my close friends, she runs a company called Youth Fit to Lead. And it's for teenage girls and it's self-love body positivity workshops that she runs. And I <clears throat> co-facilitate with her. And it's been really empowering to see that even at a, a young, you know, teenage level that we're not being taught these things. We're not being taught how to be empowered, how to be embodied, how to release exactly shame we may be carrying or the things that may be stopping us. So, you know, I always try to think of it as what's your intention? You know, what is your intention? And sit with what's stopping you from that intention. This um this whole weekend, I just did a facilitation for breath work, and it's Stephen Jagger is, does this workshop, somatic breath work, and it's so it's been one of the most empowering things I've ever experienced. And they talk about like relating my body to your body, and there's a language going on here, and how that is expressed you ever go up to someone and you see that they're just like not okay they're like have the i mean tony robbins talks about this like be depressed you know like get into your depressed state like put your shoulders forward and like lean into your chair and there's a there's a body language that goes behind these expressions that we're that we're feeling and i i know that seeing young women express themselves and say like in their body I am confident voicing it our words have power language has been one of the most powerful things that I have started to embrace using my voice so use your voice more often right advocate for that what are you not what are you suppressing and what are you not expressing and how can you how can you dive into that so that you can advocate for yourself right that's that's the biggest piece I think is what's what's stopping you from that that piece and how can you how can you express yourself that's authentic to you fully right journal write about it read about it uh normalize crying you know it's okay to also have rage in that right scream it out yell it out get it out of your body and move through it that's something that we're really not doing is, is moving moving with um, what's happening and expressing in that way. And so I would definitely say to create maybe a time for yourself where you can reflect on all these things. You know, it can be a lot, right? It's like, do this, do that, do this. It's so much. And I would say isolating into what can I do right now what action can I take right now in the next week maybe it's getting up a little earlier so that you can do some breathing exercises before you start your day because you need a moment for yourself because you got a lot of stress and what's the main disease in our world stress it's a, it's, it's, a, it's a killer 
And if we don't continue to manage that and move through that, through us, um, it doesn't look good. So I, I highly encourage that you take responsibility for yourself and know that you're capable, you beautiful human being, you are so capable of expressing yourself and slowing, slowing down enough to hear and listen to yourself. I mean, how many times do we actually not listen to ourselves? You ever have like an intuition or something comes up or you're like bubbled up and you want to share something or you want to, right? And and yes, in normal life, maybe you can't. Maybe when you go home, you can still express that. I've had many moments of anger, sadness, bliss. I've had full-blown laughing attacks. My, uh, one of my first, after I did therapy for the first time, <laughs> I had this long giggle that couldn't stop. It, I felt a little mad. I'm not gonna lie, but it was, it was awesome. And it was, why am I stopping myself from feeling joy and pleasure? Like this is fun. <laughs> like I need to embody that more within me because it's beautiful and it's joy. And like the, the more that we suppress the pain, the more that we get away from feeling pleasure and joy and so feel it all um there's no need to control it it just it's a part of who we are it doesn't mean anything we need to stop thinking about like what's this mean there's things i think we can't explain and energetically i know that we are a collective experience of what we experience and so the more joy you put yourself through the more pain and the more pleasure whatever you want you get to express in this lifetime and so you can live in your own heaven and hell so it's your choice mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah i definitely would like to speak to that because i think on your topic of like we're so wanting to understand everything like we always put this like hardcore understanding on everything and that can sometimes lead you down a path of disappointment and you end up bringing yourself more pain by trying to pick out the exact reasons as to why you're in a certain situation whereas I think it's almost better sometimes to understand where you want to go understand the obstacles that may have held you back from that expression and then and then walk your way forward with that journey I think I think that's definitely something to speak towards so Jess something that I do on these podcasts every time I do them because podcasts were huge and they changed my life was I like giving everybody an opportunity to express at the end. So in terms of whatever that expression might be for you, in terms of what you might lean into, if somebody was listening to something right now and they were going through, it could be some of the challenges that you were going through, or it could be challenges that you've seen a lot what is a message that you would like to spread towards that person? Oh, thank you for this question. Slow down. Give yourself space. Space to listen. Space to love. Love the people around you. 
you know, see that person as a human being, let go of the thoughts, the beliefs, the judgments, shame within yourself and know that we are meant to be together and you are not alone. And at your deepest level of form of who you are, it's love. And so express that more in yourself and see that reflection and others reflect back to you what you truly are. Mm. Look at yourself in the mirror and maybe say, I love you a little bit more. Because when we stop and we acknowledge and we really see what really matters, you know, that's something you can totally integrate easily. I love you. Right? Look for the things within yourself that you love and acknowledge yourself more. I love you guys. Appreciate it so much, Jess. I think you guys haven't checked this out. There's I've put all of Jess's notes into the into the bio. So if you wanna walk down that road, maybe you even know somebody who might be interested in the work that Jess does over at Chipspa. Chipsa. Chips, chips, you got you got this you got this <laughs> and then if you guys have any questions that you want to reach jess reach out to jess with then you can do as well but jess again i just want to say how much i appreciate not only you getting up super early for this one but for speaking your voice and speaking your truth in this one thank you so much luke you're welcome so everybody's still listening keep taking action keep being the inspiration that you guys all are keep being badass we appreciate you and we hope you have an awesome day